Okay, I'm going to start it right now. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the greatest podcast you'll ever listen to in your entire life. Uh, this episode, we're getting into uh, our Fearless Beer Review. Then we're getting into the vinyl pickups, some new music, uh, leads into our songs of the week. Um, and then, yeah, finish up with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler, way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there, Neither. It's Jeff. Uh, go to iTunes, go rate, review, and sub- subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Now, let's just get right into our fearless beer review. What do you got, Jeff? If this is the greatest of all podcasts, could this be the GOAT? Like, yes, that's exactly what it is. Instead of the GOAT, the GOAT. we call it the GOAT. The GOAT. Let's do it. And then, uh, you know, accentuate the P on the, on the P on the P. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So I have, okay. Uh, there is this. There is this liquor store down the street that was putting out this uh, this beer called Peanut Butter Crunch. It's spelled P apostrophe nut, and it has the Captain Crunch guy on it. A little bootleg, mm-hmm. but it's got the Captain Crunch guy, and it's from my current favorite brewery, Nine Hundred Three Brewers. They're from uh, okay. Sherman, Texas. And All right. uh, this is a. This is a cream ale brewed with peanut butter, cereal, and peanuts. Uh, that sounds terrible. I, why is every why, so why is everything terrible? I don't understand why everything is well, always well, terrible. Listen to, to what you just said. Say it again. Say it again. What what it's made with? Cream ale. Is that gross? Nah, not very good. Not uh, very good. Brewed with peanut butter cereal. So like the peanut butter Captain Crunch, delicious. Uh, Reese's yeah, Puff cereal for breakfast. It is a delicious. delicious. Like, I don't delicious know, cereal. I don't understand what but you in your beer about that. And then peanuts. In your beer and peanuts. Nah, it just doesn't sound good. You know what doesn't sound and good? Whatever you're drinking. Probably it's probably not going to be good. <laughs> but no, it just. It, but it's a stout, right? No, it's a cream ale. So it's, oh, it's going to be well, light. Isn't that it's, part of a stout thing? I don't know. No, it's it's. This is going to be like like golden in color, straw. I think I think uh, I think what a cream ale is is just. It, it uses like a lot of yeast or something. Yeast, yeast. Yeast. <laughs> so, I just watched that episode last night. <laughs> oh my so god! So good, so good. I, I, I think a cream ale is just it just uses different yeast and uh, it's brewed at warmer temperatures. <laughs> I guess, okay. but um, I, yeah, there were there were uh, he had like like a pallet of these and and. He only had two six packs left by the time I got there, which is the day after the guy who owned this liquor store posted on Facebook. Okay. So I bought both. Barely got it. I bought both. Both of them. Hopefully they're good because you did buy two of them. I've already had one and I'm splitting with Sloan, so. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So you have a possibly gross cream ale. And uh, I have something from Pizza Port. Brewing company uh, in partners with El Segundo Brewing Brewery. That's a tough one. So it's called a Rippin' Bear IPA. So the label has a (laughs) bear in a bikini riding a wave. A little cartoon bear. And uh, yeah, it's 7.2%. It's a classic West Coast style IPA brewed with El Segundo Brewery. The beer has a full body with a clean, dry finish. Expect balanced bitterness with aromas and flavors of fresh citrus, specifically tangerine, berries, tropical fruit, and loads of pine. So, a lot that, of pine cones in this one. That bear looks like like a Care Bear, but then somebody drew a <laughs> Care Bear to like grow up to be a teenager. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what that bear looks like. <laughs> it's kind of a gross label. But it's a little weird. I yeah. I but I gotta go with Pizza Port Brewing all the time. I've never really been disappointed. So, um, and it looks like this is only seasonal. It's only out through April and May. So, 
I um, yeah, had to get it. Had to get it. So yeah, are you ready you to... Uh, you have no other option, of course. No, let's yeah. Go. Let's tink yeah. it. Okay. Okay. A little splash damage there. Did you take a sip of yours yet? Yeah, I, I've already, I've already had this. Oh, that's right, that's saving, right, that's right. I was saving another one for the pod because um, I didn't know it was a cream ale when I bought it, and I was scared. I, I don't know what the fuck a cream ale is. I thought it was a stout, <laughs> and I opened it. And as I was like about to like bring it to my mouth to take a sip, that's when I noticed the cream ale part, and I immediately stopped and looked, and I was like, oh, I don't want this. But then I, you know, I I took a sip. I was nervous, but I took a sip, and it's really good. It's good. good. I'm glad. It's, um, I'm getting all of the the good peanut butter flavors that I want, the cereal flavors that I want, and it's not even like a heavy stout. So, and it's not I'm super impressed. strong alcohol wise. Yeah, so that's six point two, dude. It's crushable, crushable. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm okay. I, I dig, I dig, I okay. dig. We have um. Do we wait? Fuck! How do I? How do we pod? How do we? I don't even know how to pod anymore. Dude, what do you? What do you? Dude, mean? I don't uh, even three know. Point rating I don't know. system. Like how three hard point, is it? To, there's only three fucking numbers. I know, zero. I know, but I but I don't remember Four fucking I, numbers. Like I don't understand. Like what is so hard about it? I went brain dead, and so we have a three point rating system. Been brain dead. I know three point rating system <laughs> where three is a perfect beer, two is a good beer you're gonna continue to drink, one is a bad beer but you should give it a shot, and zero is a drain pour. So, what would you give your uh, your beer? Uh, this is this is an easy right now. This is an easy two point six, two point wow, six. High. Yeah, this is very high. I always I always kind of think that there's two different kind of peanut butter flavors in beer. There's a sweet peanut butter flavor, and then there's like a dry peanut butter flavor. Okay, and interesting. Like this this kills it right in the middle. Like because you've had you've had peanut butter that's like super sweet and it's really good. But yeah. then, like, mm-hmm. if you ever had dry peanut butter that's not sweet at all, and it's just you're getting yeah, like that, um, that nutty taste. Yeah, a lot of like organic peanut butters like that. Then yeah, it's not like, nearly what as the good. Fucks even the point. Like, it, yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. It's really <laughs> organic. Peanut Might as well just eat good. peanuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Terrible. So this you need is, the sugar uh, for it to taste good. But you can't have too much sugar because then it's you're just yeah. eating fucking sugar and it's gross. Yeah, but this true, is the true. like the perfect balance. This is like right where I want it to be. It's just sweet enough, but it's still kind of dry in the aftertaste. It doesn't leave a lot of residue. Not a lot of syrup left in my mouth. <laughs> okay. So yeah, this is this is uh, this is fantastic, and I, I trust this brewery. I'll pretty much buy anything that this brewery makes. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is, and I will try it at least, and I will think that it, that it'll be a minimum okay, because they're delicious and they make really good beers. I'm glad you're you're finally open-minded about something, you know. Hopefully we can we can continue that with uh with some music, you know, cuz you need to be more open-minded about things. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm a mess today. I I feel ill-prepared for this episode cuz we weren't expecting to to record today. But I'm prepared. I am prepared. But um, I hope so. So yeah, my uh, my my rip and bear uh, that sounds so stupid when you say. Is it, it like ripping and tear? Is that what they're supposed yeah, to like, play in words? I think so. Rip and tear, rip and tear. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Dude, that's so dumb. <laughs> that makes it even dumber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So this is a solid IPA. It's it's good. It's uh, n- not nearly as good as the one I had last week. That one was. That one blew my mind. That was fucking great. I was fucking surprised, but um. This one, this one, I'm gonna give a 2.25. It's, it's, it's very drinkable. It's almost crushable, uh, as some people around the world might say. Uh, there's no beer advocate page for it because it seems to be so new. So, Raul hasn't had a chance to try it yet and um, and review it. So, that's a little unfortunate. But it's a, it's a good, well-rounded IPA. So, 2.25 for me. When hmm. I when I first had this beer when it came out, there was only 50. Five, I think, or uh, untapped ratings. Okay. So and now? I'm checking in right now. So let me say, oh, there's nothing. The fucking barcode doesn't even work. So that's that's great. <laughs> convenient. Very now there's two hundred. That's crazy. <laughs> that I mean, is pretty. It nice. was only like three or four days. That was like three days ago. That I got this. Yeah. 
Damn, that's a big uptick in three Damn, days. Damn, I should I should have got in there earlier. Damn, <laughs> what a loser. Yeah, the way she goes. Now I'm just, now I'm just a follower. Now I'm a sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzword. <laughs> Wake up, oh, sheeple! Dude, I hate that word so much. It's so cheesy. Whenever, it, whenever you say the word sheeple, you got to put your your hands like you're shouting in front of your face, but not touch your face, right? Like how, how Mike puts <laughs> them out and extend all your fingers outward and like sheeple. That is so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so let's uh, let's get into this some vinyl pickups um, and what we had in our backlog. So what do you got? I listened to a lot of stuff, but then I didn't write a lot of it down, but then, I don't know. So here, here we fine. go. You ready? Yeah, I was born ready, baby. Mm, well, I don't know about that. I listened to, this is band I really like now. They're called Uriah Heap. I've talked about them before. Yeah, I have one of their records too. They're a popular, not popular band. I think they're like a really, they're like, like a, like a beat, they're like a grand funk. Like you've heard of them, mm-hmm. you probably haven't heard a lot of their music, but they're really good. They have and cool album covers too. They do. Well, a lot of their album covers, too, were um, done by the dude who did uh, fucking, yes, the oh, Roger Dean. That makes sense. That makes yeah. perfect sense. But uh, their, their first album, v- Very Humble, Very Heavy, was, was like a like one of the first like metal albums. It just didn't blow up like, like Sabbath and Zeppelin did, it, but it was, it's fucking fantastic. But I got their fourth album. Or their second, fourth, and fifth album this week because they're all like three dollars each, and it was Salisbury their second, Demons and Wizards their fourth, and then Magician's Birthday their fifth. You have Demons and Wizards. <laughs> I have Demon. Wait, I'm just double checking the cover. Yeah, yeah, I have Demons and Wizards. Is that, that's like the red. Is it like a red cover? No, it's bl- it's like or blue and green. It yeah, it's blue oh, okay. and green. It has the 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 clips in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a so good this, one. This, this group has been putting out records and like touring for like f- over fifty years. Like That's they're, crazy. they're still doing music, and and it's it's like half a century. That's unbelievable. And obviously, it's not the same lineup at all. But no, it's 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 cool, man. Their first couple albums were pretty straightforward, like metal of that era, and then there's like a shift into like prog metal kind of stuff and i don't know they're they're not they get away from the heaviness of their first album but they never kind of lose that metal edge and a lot of the things that i like about metal music is 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 even like in the like a lot of hair metal did this too and that's why i I was not unwilling to do the hair metal stuff but like like just i don't know that 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 chuggy Speed metal really took off with it. I don't even know what to call it though, but that that you know that whatever that is. That's like thrash. It's like thrash so like, metal. I like Judas these, Priest did it a lot. Metallica, Iron Maiden. These like guys, that. these guys were doing it in 1970, 1971, 1972, but they didn't have obnoxiously high vocals, like what I really hate about metal music. And it's just yeah. dude, these guys are really good. This is they're pretty uh, good. This, yeah. This is my new favorite like obsession of, of, of this era. So now you gotta collect everything? No, because there's way too fucking much here. They they probably have like twenty five well, records. Yeah, it's not gonna you also they have twenty four records. And uh but but you have most of the Rolling Stones crap and they have a lot of trash. Uh like a good like eighty well, percent of their records are trash. That is <laughs> who who are you trying to impress with these with these <laughs> with these with these stupidity <laughs> comments here? Wait, what's going Stupid. on? What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's true, though. Anyway, but the, but no, seriously, you have so many Rolling Stones records, but you because they're won't good, do right? Which is like they're fucking good. Sticky fingers. This good. band's Let better than Rolling, Rolling Stones. Good. Exile on Main Street. Good. Main Street. Some girls. Good. <sighs> Not really. No. No. You really. What funny. about Her Majesty's Secret Service? Banger. That's a good record. Banger. That's their best record. One of the worst Their Bond best. movies, but banger of an hey, album. Get out of here. Get the fuck it. Get out of here. Get the fuck it. <sighs> fuck so, it. <laughs> Dude, this is a mess. I'm a fucking a mess, mess today. I'm a fucking oh. mess. Yeah. Um, another another cool cool band that I just keep kind of like stumbling into and, and enjoying everything I listen to is Queen. I picked up Queen's first album for five bucks. I don't know and how. 
I never see and, them for cheaper than twenty. I've never even seen. You don't see a lot of used Queen outside of a day at the races mm-hmm. and the night at the opera, like the black and the white covers. Those ones. You yeah. Just, you, yeah. You don't see a lot of used Queen. I, I don't know why, but this is their first album, seventy three, and this is really hard rock, almost bordering metal from the era again. But they even throw out some faster punk sounds. And Interesting. every time I listen to Queen, outside of those two albums that are always there, Day at the Races, Night at the Opera, I'm fucking surprised. I am. <laughs> I am blown away. I this, this band is so much better than I ever gave them credit for. And this is an unbelievable debut album. This reminds me of like an early Zeppelin, just more spazzy. They're not as they're not as, so, uh, really not as cool. Absolutely, they're not as cool. Huh. They don't take themselves as seriously. Just just more spratty. and also obviously like Freddie's vocals are standing out on its own. But even even like some of the complaints, you know, like like you don't want to hear just Freddie. You want to hear the band. Like this is it. They blend they blend very well together, and it's not okay. it's not like Freddie Mercury featuring Queen, the guys from Queen. It's it's a band, and they rock. That's always been the. The part more recently that I just I, I can't get into with Queen anymore. I, his vocals are way too loud and he's too music theater and uh, it's rough. It's rough sometimes, but whatever. They're they're a phenomenal band and you should listen to more of them. I, I mean, I'm always down. I mean, we're gonna do a Queen album someday, I'm sure. But until then, I'll hold off listening to a lot of the music. Their until albums, then, I, should say. I will not like them. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. So much okay. music to listen to, you know. It is true. It is true. Why stick with the with the band like this? Li- can't listen to them all because they're good. You should always you should always revisit a band that you always thought was okay at best, especially when someone's telling you that they're better than okay. But I think some of their songs are absolute bangers. You think like one Stone song Cold is Crazy absolute banger? It's probably fucking Stone Cold Crazy. You. No, it's probably We Are the Champions. You probably hate We Will Rock You. <laughs> Because you think you're edgy and you sk- I always skip We Will Rock You. I just want to get right to the good stuff. <laughs> I mean, honestly, who who doesn't skip that? Why that would song you skip We so... Will Rock You? Oh, come on. It is so overplayed. You're a monster. You're a monster. I don't care. You're a monster. I am. I love monsters. Mm, so good. That's true. You Best breakfast you in town. Drink. Yep. That's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you heard me. But I yeah, bought two continue. more Doors albums. Ugh, why the fucking another overrated band? I just, I, I just, I think they. Uh, we'll get you there, but I don't think you get it. I don't think you understand yet. I get it. Jim I, Morrison I, is not that great. I believe that you think you get it, <laughs> but I don't think that you actually do. Okay, so the two albums I got, one is Absolutely Live, their first live album, live, their first live, live album, yes. <laughs> and this is this is good. This is a lot of jamming stuff, and the and the last mm-hmm. the last song is is literally just a poetry reading with a really cool rhythm section. It's fucking great. You, but I knew you that there was, was a long pause. How was it like a minute? <laughs> it wasn't a minute. It was like a good oh. four seconds or so. Three four. Oh, seconds. Okay, Dang, four seconds. Okay, but no, but that's a long time. Maybe you sound good now. You sound good now. I sound good always, first of all. Oh, debatable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely live. It's absolutely great. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll take your word for it. The other Is there a I lot got, of jamming on it, so Jim's not yeah. on it a lot, or what? Okay. Uh, I mean, he's definitely okay. there, but there's a lot of jamming. They don't play a lot of their, their hits, some deeper cuts on there. It's nice, and uh, it's good. There's the, uh, There's no bass, so... You're hearing a bass line, but it's it's just a keyboard bass, so it's kind of cool to hear, I would assume, the left hand throwing down the bass line on the keys, and then the right hand noodling on the keyboard as cool. well. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just cool to think about. Like, like uh, one of our neighbors we were kind of talking about when we were jamming, the last time we were jamming about, like, really good rhythm guitarists, and then somehow I, I got brought up that the doors are really good. If you, if you take out Jim Morrison, they're... They're even mm. better because they don't have a bass player. He's like, what? They don't have a bass player? I like, no. And they play live. Like usually in the early days, it was it was left hand bass, right hand noodling. And yeah, just that's crazy to think about. Never knowing that, and then realizing that later, it's you just it's like holy shit, that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's pretty up. 
yeah, yeah no i yeah. think they're i think musically they're great but um to i also was morrison's last album with them full circle or was it uh other voices uh neither it was before that was it la woman yeah okay, i think la so woman came out after his death his death oh, okay okay so then what's on those other well the, technically then there's three records that came out after he died Right. The third one was they took his vocals, they took stuff that he read, poetry he had read, and then made music with it. Okay. Okay. But other other yeah. voices was they were working on that, and it's kind of sad because they were they were working on that album, at like when he died, and he went to Paris, and they were just about done with it, and they were pretty much waiting on him to come back, to just lay down vocals and okay. just be done with the album. So. That's why, like other voices, that's my personal least favorite. I think it's just, it's just, it's missing something. And it's because they wrote songs expecting Morrison to come back and finish it up. And when he yeah. didn't, then it's just, it was like, oh, fuck, what do we do now? And so yeah, it's a different writing style. Manzarek singing and whatever. But the first like album they did kind of on their own was Full Circle. And that's the other one I picked up. And I've been hesitant about picking this one up because I haven't heard it in a long time. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So I picked it up because it was pretty cheap. And this is the second album after his death. Uh, they're eighth overall. And Krieger and Manzarek, mm-hmm. they share lead vocals. And dude, it's really bluesy and really jazzy. And I think this will probably be, besides Ellie Woman, this would be like your favorite one. Because really, you think so? they don't have Morrison on there at all. So you don't have to worry about that. And it's just really <laughs> bluesy and really jazzy. They just really like let each other groove and everything is just really cool. They even got Charles Lloyd on there. Remember the, the album you gave me, the Moon Man one? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I love that. The album's is fucking killer. I love that <laughs> album. It's so good. And they have him on there playing the sax and and it's uh it's just good. Like having a singer rather than a poet really throws this band into like this boogie blues thing and it's mm-hmm. really fun. And they can they're a fun band and, and Jim Morrison kind of steered him in more of a serious direction. Yeah. But I don't know, like a more serious and conceited direction. Whereas I think, I think the rhythm section just really wanted to really wanted to jam and, and, and do hood rat stuff with their friends. <laughs> That's good. Check I'm I'm down to, to listen to it. I'm I'm really down to listen to their entire discography. Once we do one of their records. Oh, so. that was the other two things I listened to. That's what I want to talk about because I was fucking blown away too. Okay, about what? Uh, so going going along the lines of of more things that I was really surprised about. I so I got from the, from our Beach Boys lot from the records mm-hmm. that we bought. Um, I I chose Smiley Smile and the Wild Honey. These were the two albums mm-hmm. released right after Pet Sounds, with Smiley Smile being the album that had good vibrations on it. Mm-hmm. But. I never, I've never listened to Smiley Smile or Wild Honey. Wild Honey is more of like a like a soul record. It's weird, but I never listened to Smiley Smile in its entirety. Um, the opening track is Heroes and Villains, which gets shit on a lot from critics and stuff. But I think it's a fucking phenomenal song. And then Good Vibrations, like, I everybody likes Good Vibrations. Song. If you yeah, heard yeah, Heroes and Villains, you probably you probably recognize it. But dude, like holy shit. Smiley Smile, I'm saying it right now, is better than Pet Sounds. It's better than Sgt. Pepper. Smiley Smile is, is could be, what, if not like the greatest thing that's ever been written. It is unbelievable. It is. That's a bold statement. It is like the Pinkerton to its blue. Like blue came out and blew everybody away. Then Pinkerton came out. And nobody fucking understood it until decades later. That's Smiley Smile. It is unbelievable. <laughs> and I, I meant to text you like two days ago to listen to it. I forgot right now. But you should definitely listen to it. It is, okay. uh, dude. I'd listened twice, I, twice in a row, just back to back. Because I, I did I you really couldn't take it. I had to sit down. <laughs> I was already sitting. To be fair, <laughs> it's it's really good. It is really good. Uh, God, and it just gets overshadowed by like pet sounds, and I just uh, I can't even go back to pet sounds now. It's embarrassing. Wait, and what's it? What what's it called again? It's called Smiley, Smiley Smile. Smile. Okay, yeah. Came out right after Pet Sounds too. Right after. Okay, I've and then, I've seen this cover, but I've never I've never listened to it. And the next one is Wild Honey, and Wild Honey was the one that was more like soul and R and B influenced, and that one's a fucking banger too. Really? I, yeah, dude this this band okay. talk about a band who went from just being like 
essentially writing one song 55 different ways to <laughs> yeah. b- being like marked in history as, as, as writing some of the greatest albums of all time, but like continuously progressing and progressing and then coming full circle back to the surf rock sound and then progressing off of that. Like these, dude, this band is just all over the place and they do it all pretty damn well. Outside of the hits and then pet sounds, I've never, never dove deep into their stuff. So I don't know. Dude, I've, I'll check it out though. For sure, I haven't been I, I haven't been this fucking surprised by an album in a <laughs> long time. I put right. I, I put it I put it on just as a as, you know I I picked this out for my my stash. I'm just gonna put it on. If I don't like it, then I'll purge it. Whatever. But nope, 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 nope. Got to keep it. Got to keep it. Is so it, yeah, a, that was, is that was it cool. expensive copy or what? I didn't even check. I didn't mm. even check. But I will be looking out for a better copy because. We got a little surface noise on Heroes and Villains, and that song's that song's so good. It's only twenty seven minutes long. Yeah, so it's really one. short. He's really short too. Shit, I like how it, the the genres on Wikipedia it says lo fi, psychedelic rock, avant garde, and then bedroom pop. It's a genre I've never pop. I don't know. I have no idea, but it just it links you back to lo fi, the lo fi page. That sounds so yeah. lame. Bedroom pop. I know. <laughs> Oh, Yanni. <laughs> Yanni's awful. Yeah, so uh, I guess go, steering away from that, um, some more of this stoner rock stuff that I'm I'm really into now and I'm addicted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I got to sneeze. Comment. Do it. Do it. <laughs> there it is. There she is. Yeah, so this one, that's fine. Um, the first one I got is Ancestors. Is this group called Ancestors? LA-based stoner rock, acid rock, psychedelic shit. This is their first album, two thousand eight. Uh, it's only two tracks, forty minutes long, side A and side B, and uh, very little vocals. And it's just it, it's a it's a really rad journey of, of music. And it's it's it goes somewhere and it leads somewhere. And there's a melody that the guitars can kind of like carry, and it's it's really cool. Nothing too wanky. And the guitars are verbed up pretty good, but mm-hmm. it's got a lot of really solid bass lines, and it's just um, it's non flashy stoner rock. It's it's okay. it's good. It's, All right, I'm, it's a bunch I'm of, down to check it out. It's a bunch of guys that really know the genre, but I can't tell. I mean, I don't just based off this. I don't think they're really really good at their instruments, but they really know like the genre, so they oh, know okay, how so to they play it up on that. Yeah. But it's fucking, it's a banger, dude. It's really good. Are they, they're not that old of a band. doesn't look like. Uh, 2008's right. their first album. Okay, yeah, they're not, it's not too old. Yeah, PCS. Where'd you get that um, one from? From Nichols or? Yeah, this is in my, my hide pile. Pile. <laughs> <laughs> I got it, dude. These people buy this stuff up uh, now. He's hot, like, he's always talking about like, oh yeah, dude, the, the, oh yeah, man, the Stone Rock stuff. Like, like, I don't even know why I say that anymore. He doesn't work there anymore. But the Stoner Rock <laughs> stuff goes like so quick now, so I gotta hide it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Another one I got this group called the Great Great Electric Quest. Okay, never heard and, of them. But like you know, that's gonna be fucking like Stoner Rock, right? Like that. Oh, that, for sure. Yeah. Like it's based off of that. This album's called Chapter One. First okay. album, obviously, 2016. Mm-hmm. This is a four piece from San Diego. Um, again, this is good stoner rock metal shit and I, I i like this one which is weird because i like this because of the vocals and normally with this type of music like you just don't need the vocals the vocals are just there to kind of supplement the music but there's some really mm. good strong melodies and kind of some good harms that the vocals use to match the guitars and match the bass line and the vocals are like my favorite part of this one which is the first time for me so now now i'm excited I'm excited. I'm excited to be I can't here. believe I can't believe you're into this genre. It's so Dude. strange to me. Do what you so gotta do, strange. babe boy. Oh. So yeah, that's yeah, because I I barely even I've barely even gotten into this genre. It's only in recent maybe in like the last four or five years have I even dipped my toes into the genre. But it's pretty good. It's um a, have you what? It's I mean it's it's a genre of much like all of the other kind of superficial genres, it's a genre that you hear one, you hear them all. And realistically, a lot yeah. of these bands that I love, 
if you said, oh, this is the Great Electric Quest or this is Ancestors, I'd be like, okay. But then, like, oh, I got you. It's actually opposite. Like, okay, well, it sounds pretty <laughs> fucking similar. So <laughs> it sounds like a good conversation with somebody. Yeah. But it, you never really got into Mastodon, right? No. They're kind of uh, no. the stoner rock, acid rock, prog rock, or prog metal. They're kind of like this weird, this weird jumble of stuff. But maybe now that you're more into this this genre, you might, you might want to check out more Mastodon because they're they're kind of like that. Just a little, just more technical. That's really what they are. They're just way more technical. Yeah, I mean, stuff. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I will one day. Actually, that w- Nichols Nichols sells mm-hmm. a picture disc of a Mastodon album. Oh, the the one. What is that one? Once more around I the sun. Th- I think. I think it was but, a record store day release. It's the one with the green monster, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I see that one everywhere, but that's a good record, but I wouldn't I wouldn't get a picture disc of it. Yeah, that's my only that's the one on fucking picture disc. Yeah. One but is I got, for me. I have Blood I have Blood Mountain their album Blood Mountain on vinyl. We talked about it on the pod like a couple months ago when I got it. That's a great fucking record. Great concept record and it's really good, and all four members sing. It's a four-piece band, and they all they all have lead vocals throughout the record, which is really cool too. I don't I don't know like what it is. I th- I think just getting into a new genre of music is always a little difficult because if you haven't if you haven't really listened to it, there could be like a lot of nuance. There could be a lot of history. There could just, there could just be a lot of things to overwhelm you. Yeah, but I think acid rock is is opposite of that. <laughs> I think it's super easy to get into, and and once you listen to like five bands, and it's like okay, I get it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Much like like pop punk too. Like you listen to fucking NFG or Blink, and you pretty much got most of it down. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but but metal wise, that's a little bit more nuanced. You know, even thrash metal is more nuanced than than pop punk and stuff like that. Well, I, thrash metal for sure because a lot of times you you're blending punk music with like hip hop and there's a lot of culture clash whereas i think with hip hop rock is yeah for sure uh, like a lot of guys in the thrash bit. metal scene were were i mean ingrained in hip hop culture yeah that's true to an extent but, but stoner rock is just you know it's, it's very niche so what else you got that's it dude my my last my last one is my pick okay my pick of the week which i changed this like is the from day. the um this is from the the big bin right this is from up? the Beach Boys lot, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because I, um, I recognized the cover, and then I I connected it to like the the what you sent sent over to me if uh, I wanted any of the stuff, and I almost said you should put this back in the pile, but then said it not to. So, but Tenacious D, that's not like Tenacious D. No, it was actually your song, but right. I forgot to turn the volume down. Yeah, so, so my, my pick of the week, the guy's name is Carlos Montoya. It sounds like a like a drug dealer, like a like a kingpin or something. <laughs> Scarface or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, the song is called Alegria from his his uh, album from nineteen seventy two, Alegria. Um I don't know, this guy's from Spain. He's born in nineteen oh three. Popular flamenco style guitarist, moved to US during World War Two, yada yada yada. Um, mm-hmm. What really separates this guy from a lot of others and kind of like ostracized him from the hardcore flamenco aficionados was his tempo changes. So this entire album, mm-hmm. I noticed that it, w- it just sounded weird. Like things were like offbeat and it was just, it was bizarre. He was laying down like the beat with his foot and then the guitar would slow down or speed up and it just sounded weird, but it would eventually find itself. But then mm-hmm. I realized like he's doing this shit on purpose. He's 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 putting me through this this journey of 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 flipping what I know, which is very little, about like flamenco and flipping it upside down. And that's why people really hated him for a long time for it. But then eventually, as they do, came back around to love it and call call them like one of the best flamenco guitars of all time. Yeah, cuz he's he just sounds like he decided to do something entirely different and new and be non-conventional, which is you know, it's cool. It's cool. Dude, dude was playing guitar from like like infancy, right right out the womb. He came out with a little Spanish guitar, noodling on it. So, and then and then he had like an uncle. He had an uncle that was a really good guitarist. I think Ramon Montoya. 
and like a like a really well respected guitarist and he wouldn't teach carlos like he's like nah i got a son of my own i'm gonna focus all of my attention on him and not teach mm-hmm. you but you can come on tour with me and just you know pick stuff up here or there and like within like six months to so a year weird. carlos already like surpassed him and he was fucking exponentially better and <laughs> dude's a beast dude is a beast it was really good. I, I caught myself listening to several of the several of the songs after this one ended, and this one's like nine minutes long. Oh, it's a dance so, number. I was dancing. It's great. You know, my my dyslexia, my fake dyslexia, came in earlier, and I thought that was called uh, Algeria until you you corrected me, or until you said it a couple minutes ago. What the actual name is? Does but, it does it help to learn like a like a word in a different language if they say it? as they would say it like in that language or is it they say, as if like a white person would say it from America? What do you, wait, what do you mean? Like the song's called Alegria, Alegria. Yeah. Alegria. Alegria. Yeah. Or like if someone's like, Alegria, would that be better? Which, which way? Yeah. Alegria. It would be easier. It'd be easier to remember it. And because it's, it sounds unique. You're more likely to just not throw it away when you're, I don't know. I, I feel know. like if I don't roll my R's often, I, I lose it. Like, you, if you don't use it, you lose it. So sometimes, <laughs> if I haven't rolled my R's in a long time, it, it comes out really weird. I like, <laughs> okay, Arnold. I can't even, I can't even roll my R's. I've never been able to. It's, it's I think it's, I think it's something that you have to do as a kid. I don't think you can, like, pick it up later on in life. Can you? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I, my friend, one of my friends growing up, He's white as can be, and he uh, he can roll his R's incredibly. Like it's, he used to like fuck around, and every R he would use, he would just roll it for a long period of time just to be annoying. <laughs> when we were kids, but he was like so good at it. But he didn't speak any Spanish. He just just knew how to roll the R's really well. It was really annoying, but funny, funny, but annoying. <laughs> um. Okay, so let's let's play the song from uh, Carlos Montoya. I'm not I'm not even going to try to say it. So, okay, here it is, Algeria. There you go. Carlos Montoya and the song Alegria. Um, this is his style his or his um, his playing is so smooth. Like a lot of flamenco I've, hear, I've heard, which isn't a lot. It just sounds really choppy and it almost sounds like they even they can't keep up with themselves and at times. And but his is like dude, he is so such a smooth player. He was such a smooth player. It was good. It was really, really good. So I'm I'm kicking myself for not 
not wanting this record, but I, I mean, Discogs has us at like five or six bucks. So now yeah, that you I'm know sure who he true. is, I'm sure you'll probably see him in the dollar bins at some point. I'm sure, yeah, because it's not a popular genre or anything like that. But which cool. is so gross to think about too, like just this type of person dollar bin is, mm-hmm. and people are paying big money for Taylor Swift, but <laughs> this guy is a dollar paying forty five dollars for a Taylor Swift record that she recorded. Taylor Swift is bad, but it's just. Like that's that's where we're at in music, mm. you know. But hasn't that always what been music, fuck? you know? No, that's that's just true. That's how it's always that's how it's always been. But then it, you know, in the end, it works out for people like us because we get all these great deals. So no, that is that is also true. Yeah, I was uh I was reading some stuff about vinyl in general, and people were saying like right now is the craziest time for vinyl, like the most expensive time for vinyl. And at some point, it's gonna it's gonna have to like reset itself. Like people are gonna burn themselves out on expensive vinyl, and then it'll go. It'll start to become a lot cheaper, like over the next couple of years, which is kind of oh. promising. But yeah, people are saying this. It's this is an absolutely crazy time for vinyl. It, it hasn't has been like to this go cheaper. Yeah, it, it, I I feel like it's only expensive because everyone's stuck at home for the coronavirus and the pandemic. Like the people uh, were stuck maybe. at home. What the fuck else are we gonna do? Except get into this new hobby that's also kind of cool, but now that everybody can go out, which and we did, <laughs> do their yeah. But like I don't know, I, I feel like the 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 Crosley type collectors they're going to be gone in the next yeah, year. Yeah. They're going to taper off completely. Like this I, I is think you're totally right. I mean, like we like music a lot, and we argue about music all the time. We fight about it all the time, but ultimately we love music a lot, and this yeah. is just. Dude, this is like picking up the fir- like like the guitar for the first time again. This is this is an unbelievable way to experience music, and it's so stupid and it's so dumb, and I fucking hate it so much. <laughs> but I can't, I I just can't help but feel excited. Even though, like even like shitty records that I know I'm gonna get rid of and I don't like, I still get the same as excitement as uh, getting like a really good record. It's just mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so new. It's so fresh. It's it's I I, I don't know. Get in a candy store. It's just, candy store. Like we've talked about it, it's just so to me it's been like shocking how much new music I've gotten into. Not not new music, but just bands I would never have listened to prior or even genres that I wouldn't have listened really listened to prior. Like yes, I would have never gotten into yes. Would have never gotten into ELP prior to this. Martin Denny, like that whole exotica genre that I knew <laughs> yeah. like nothing about. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about that genre at all. I never even knew it existed until I started collecting vinyl. And then, yeah, now I'm just like, I'm on my quest of getting every single Martin Denny record. And I'm at like 24 right now out of 60. Oh my God. So yeah, no, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me that all the cool stuff we've discovered, or at least I've discovered even like hip hop too. Like, I mean, I don't have a lot of hip hop records, but I feel like I've gotten more into the conscious hip hop, than I had been prior. Like having that, having the, the record, I have the, the um, tribe called quest. Like I would have never really listened to that record a ton prior to vinyl. But now I just, I listen to that record all the time. It's cool. It's cool. It also, it, uh, it also kind of gives you, I, I was trying to, I was trying to like figure <laughs> out the, the right phrasing, but you now have like a, a newfound respect for the sequencing of records, records mm-hmm. that, that were predominantly on vinyl first. And so like you think that a, a person would want to put all of their bangers up front or have an intro and then the bangers and then maybe like the B team, whatever. But with vinyl, you can't flip a record over and start side two with like a B team. You've got to put a banger there. Yeah. True. Otherwise you'll lose interest. And so like that, just that concept alone now kind of like gives you a whole new appreciation for sequencing of albums and maybe the producer has a lot to do with that the engineer i don't know who decides that if the band has ultimate authority but even that aspect of recording music is is like opening new doors and 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 Mm. making like rethink a lot of older a lot of older stuff that i that i may liked or disliked so i don't it's just a different way to look at things yeah definitely i totally with you on that it's it's crazy how much sequencing matters. It's insane. But good stuff. Good stuff. So Carlos good Montoya. Stuff. That Carlos was your Montoya. Thing. Yep. That was it. Um so let me get through mine real quick and then we'll wrap it up. Uh the first thing I have here is fuck, god damn it. Okay. Mm. 
Okay. There we go. Sure. I am having a hard time today. Yeah. <laughs> so the first thing I got here was uh, Crosby, Seals, Nash & Young. Their uh, their second record, Deja Vu, came out in 1970. Um, this was fantastic. This was really, really good. And I, I mean, kind of like how I was with Neil Young. I was just totally shocked and taken by surprise at how good that that uh, that Neil Young record was that I have, or those two Neil Young records that I have. But this uh, one's no, good because Neil Young is on it. Their their first album doesn't have Neil Young, and it's not very good. Oh, it's not. Okay. Well, oh, this one is. this one was fantastic, and um, and reading about it too. This is actually their best selling. Out of all the members, like side projects, this is the the best selling record they ever did. Solo projects as this group, this was the best, or the most successful, which I thought was really interesting. And um, and yeah, and then at this point, at two, from what I was reading, none of them got along. They didn't like each other. Everyone was like in a shitty part of their lives, and it kind of seemed like none of them really wanted to make it. And they they recorded everything separately, but I don't know. It all came together really well. I feel. I think it's great. Well, I mean, you're looking at like a, a, a kind of super group from this era. Yeah. And like, obviously, there's going to be tempers and there's going to be different personalities. And Neil Young's already kind of a weird dude. And their first album didn't feature Neil Young. And then now they're bringing another member who's, who's you know, huge in itself. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it stands to reason. But yeah, this yeah. is the first one with Neil Young on. And then they had another one, the live one, I think, I probably call it four way street because there's four of them. That one's really good too. And then okay. uh, anything without Neil Young's on it's just not, eh, it's not for me. I mean, I I'll give the other stuff a, at least a listen. But no, this is this is great, really really great. So, uh, and it's like a cool like it's like a fake leather bound jacket. Yeah, which like is kind of cool too. Yeah, <laughs> it's super weird, but it's it's really cool. I where did I get this from? I think I got it from the big lot. The big vinyl lot that we picked up a few weeks ago out here, because you didn't want it, because I think you probably already have it. Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, that's where I got it from. So uh, the next one here is also from that. Actually, everything here, or, or like half of everything here, is from that lot. So, um, so the next one is Sergio Mendez and uh, the Brazil Seventy Seven. Uh, this record is the País Tropical. It's his nineteenth. It's the 19th, his nineteenth record. Came out in seventy one. Um, I mean, it's Sergio Mendez. You, you you know what you're getting into. I mean, the seventy seven band to me wasn't as good as sixty six, but it's still solid. It's it's better than the other seventy seven record I have of his. But I I, what, I can't remember the name of it right now. But uh, no, this is good, and um, and it opens like it's a weird jacket too. It almost opens up like a. Like it, it, the the record itself doesn't come out the side; it it comes out of the top, but but the top has like a lid, like a flap, so it closes it. So I don't know; it's different. Mm. And then uh, I was reading too; the title track was actually written by Jorge Ben. It's a oh, Jorge Ben song. Damn. Yeah, it's a Jorge Ben song, and then obviously he recorded it, and then Sergio Mendes recorded it, and then some other artists recorded it. But then Jorge Ben's version is obviously the most popular because it was his song. So, so that was really cool. I, I had had no idea. I wonder if they ever did anything together, like played a, a show or anything together. They had to have. I mean, they're, they're arguably the two biggest artists to come. Well, I know Jorge Ben's the biggest artist to come out of Brazil, and I imagine Sergio Mendes is not far behind Jorge Ben. But it's good stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. I love Jorge Ben. Uh, so might as well get into him right now because I picked up two of his live records. Uh, it, I pretty much have like a, a thing where if I see any Jorge Ben in the wild, I'll pick it up. Even if it's like 25 bucks, I'll pick it up. Uh, but these were 15. New or used? These were used. These are actually Brazilian copies. These aren't even American copies, which I was even more stoked about because they were original from Brazil. And everything. And things that I've read about that is like, that's those are harder to come by or they're just like, there weren't a lot of pressings of the Brazil stuff, of the Brazilian stuff, and uh, and there's just been a lot of like weird things with American, American record companies kind of destroying and just kind of fucking up, you know, certain Brazilian artists. So, yeah, so I picked up two of his live records. One was from 1975. The other was the other one was from 1990, and you could definitely hear like the uh, the genre changes a little <laughs> bit uh, because you know. Th- Jorge Ben in the late 80s and early 90s was definitely more influenced by 
like 80s pop and there's still a lot of brazilian stuff in there but it's uh it's definitely different but it's not bad not bad at all but the uh the the one the other the 1971 1975 one i have it's like called uh all olympia or something like that but uh it has a couple of songs from um africa brazil on it like taj mahal his biggest song with that rod stewart ripped off that one was on it. It's it's really good though. It's a fantastic <laughs> live record. It's really fucking good. Ooh. So there you go. That's what I got for uh, Brazilian music. And uh, moving into some two records, two surf records that I got from the Big Bin, uh, both from the oh. Ventures. I got Walk Don't Run Volume One, and I got Walk Don't Run Volume Two. Uh-huh. Uh, volume One is way better than Volume Two, much much better. And it's crazy because. The first album came out in 1960. Uh, the next one, or the volume two, came out in 1964. Four years later, but it's their 18th record? No, 16th record. So 16 albums in four years. So that's because, pretty like, fucking they, nuts. they do like nothing but like fucking covers and shit. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like this one, I think, has a bunch of covers. I mean, they're all covers, but... yeah, It's like it's all they do is just covers, and they cover everything. And I, I bought like a Swamp record... It was terrible, but that's all I do is covers. But this is their first album. Yeah, it was really good. And then I was reading more about it because I had never really heard them. And then I, so I thought there was going to be vocals on it because there's a girl on the cover. But no, it, not at all. And then <laughs> I was reading, it's all instrumental. And then I was reading more about the cover and come to find out they were on tour. So the record label didn't have, so they weren't there to, to take the picture for the cover. So the record label had like four interns or four people that worked at the label to be on the cover and then they hired some model to be the girl on it and then that was it so the band you see is not even the band oh which dude, I thought was that cover so stupid. stupid it's it really dumb and then it has nothing to do with surf music it has nothing to do with the term walk don't run and now to find out it's not even the band that's so it's lame not even the band and then the one in 64 the part the volume two that was the actual band so they they kind of recreated the picture with a different model but they, the band was actually in the photo. So that's yeah, so stupid. And then I was reading more about them. They've, they put out over 250 records, and they're still playing <laughs> to this day. Still playing to this day. 250 records. They've sold over 100 million copies oh of their my shit. God. And, and apparently they're the most successful instrumental band of all time. So there's Well, shit, they were 250 fucking records. Like, you better <laughs> <I> be. <know. laughs> uh, it's crazy. It's so crazy. Uh, and then the last two things that here I have both came from uh, Glass House and uh, one of them is Between the Buried and Me. Picked mm. up their fourth record, Colors. Came out in 2007. I mean, we've talked about this album extensively. We even did it on the pod on a forgotten episode. So I won't go too much into it, but it's just a black variant, 180 gram. And yeah, it's but great. 20 it's bucks is so good. Like you're, 20 bucks, that's yeah. A, that's a killer deal. That's so yeah. cheap. Yeah, it is. And I think on Discogs... I think it the cheap or like the median price is like twenty five, yeah. but yeah, I don't ever see it in the wild, so except for the one time at Nichols where you got it for eight dollars, but that's okay well, you didn't too. want it. Well, I oh, got it for so six dollars actually, but that's fine. Was it six? I thought it was eight. <laughs> no, six. It's five ninety nine. So annoying. That's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. But you didn't want it, so I picked it up. What do you want from me? <sighs> okay, so the last thing I have here. Uh, I picked this up from the, the Glasshouse website a while back. I finally picked it up last weekend. And it's uh, the band Adamantium. They're, uh, they're local to Orange County. They were part of the, the whole hardcore scene back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, they were kind of like the, the forerunners of the scene before like Atreyu hit big, 18 Visions hit big, Death by Stereo hit big. So a lot of the, those bands reference Adamantium as like a huge influence throwdown to um, even one of the guys in Adamantium became the guitar player for 18 Visions. So, so yeah, this is um, they're a pretty rad band. They only put out three records, but the one I picked up was When It Rains, It Pours. It's their second one, came out in 2000. And, uh, I mean, it's just like, it's good local hardcore metal. Or I guess maybe metalcore, if you want to call it metalcore. metalcore. But it's great stuff, man. So I'm going to play, what song am I going to, oh, I'm going to play Virus from adamantium so here we go
There it is, the song Virus from the band Adamantium. Now, what did you think of this one? I thought, oh, this is good. This was actually really, this is really good. And um, knowing that it sounded like this, I would have, I would have picked this, I would have picked this record up <laughs> off the website. <laughs> yeah, this is really good. This is this is fantastic. I mean, talk about like a precursor to other bands from this area. This mm-hmm. is one of the best. I mean, yeah, they're more solid. more my more my style, more I don't know, traditional, I guess, in their in their delivery. But it's fantastic. Yeah. Like there's nothing too complicated about their music. Like they're not flashy or anything, but damn, they have the energy, they have the heaviness, and I never saw them live, but everything I've heard about them, they were ju- they had like one of the most insane shows in the in the scene. Because they were just like people just went absolutely apeshit in the crowd, so I That's, I wish I could have seen them, but whatever. What are you gonna do? What What years were they like really active for? Because so it's weird fir- that we wouldn't have seen them. Well, their first album came out in '98, and then this one came out in 2000. So this was like uh, just before we started going to shows, and then their third one, their third and final record came out in 2005. But I think it, I'm assuming at that point they had just kind of like fallen out of favor because I mean it's, it was 2005, so bands like if I were blowing up essentially, um, you know, Green Day was getting big again. MCR was big. So it's like that whole scene was kind of being phased out at that point. But yeah, that's know. true. Even like 18 visions, they were, they were on their way out by 2005 as well. Our, that was our senior year of high school. So yeah, a lot of those bands were phasing out, but anyway, this was, this was great. Though. This band. was, this was, this was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I got a great, I, a I got a cool deal. I got a really good deal too because it was uh, it was 15 bucks on the site and then I kind of like brushed off. I'm like, oh, I don't want to get it. 15 bucks, I'm just not going to do it. And then like later that week they said, oh, this right now until five o'clock we're doing a, everything's like 35% off. So then I got the record for like $10 or something like that. Wait, 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 so wait, 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 wait. Because I wanted to buy that Spock's beard. It was 30, it was too much. And then they had 50% off. Was so it fifty percent off? Then? It was fifty five zero. Oh, okay. Then I got. Off. Then I paid like seven for it. or seven fifty five. Oh, okay. Because I texted you that day. I said, "Hey, you should also buy that adamantium record you wanted." Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. that's what it was. I don't know why. I thought it was thirty five, but I guess not. I was going to say because if you passed the fifty percent off to go for the thirty five, then no, I would have been no, mad. no, no, no. I, I think I just got that mixed up. That part of it mixed Damn, up. Damn, so you got it for fucking like seven dollars. Yeah, <laughs> it's so oh, good. Jeez, it's so <laughs> worth it. But it's not like it's an expensive record. I think you can still get it on Discogs for like twelve, thirteen dollars. It's not expensive. Yeah, but plus five dollars shipping, wait time. You can't have it in your hand right now to look at it. That's true. It's too much. It's too much. That's true. Also, the, my my copy is a a very nice looking white variant. Oh, so you can't go wrong with a white variant. See, it's so nice, so nice. <laughs> um. So yeah, that that's all I got for vinyl and and my pick of the week. So, uh, you ready to just get into some new music? Do you want to play any of this stuff? Uh, what we got here? No. No? Okay, no. I'm fine with that, too. I'm fine with that, too. So, uh, a new album that came out this week that was interesting, um, even though it's not really a new record, but it's from the Mars Volta. They put out their, uh, their album called Landscape Tantrum. So, this is the original version of Delouse in the Comatorium. And, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's cool, man. But we'll, we're going to talk about that a lot more next on the next episode <laughs> because we are doing the Mars Volta on the next episode. So, and we're going to have a friend of the pod on a very special guest on. So Oof. we'll get more into that um, when the time comes, but uh, some new songs, the Bronx put out another new song called super bloom. Uh, it's, it's the Bronx. I mean, if you like the Bronx, then you'll like this song. It's, it's good stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. This was, this is good. This is, this is, this is what I know as the Bronx and, haven't been a fan for very long, but this is the sound that I that I want from them. Yeah, hell yeah, that's good. It's so good. They're such a good fucking band, and they are good. I'm kind of kicking myself for not buying the vinyl for the new record, but then spending thirty to thirty five bucks on that's a lot on a Bronx record. Like I just, I'm, if it was twenty for sure, I would get it. But thirty is just a little too much for this band. But uh, the next thing here, Haley Williams, my girl Haley Williams, uh, she put out a new song called "Color Me In." This isn't off her new record or anything. It's just a a song, a random song, and 
It's really cool. It's really good. You probably hate it though, huh? It's fine. It's whatever's. <laughs> you are just. Such I think a I'm just like. Hater. I I, th- I think I'm just caught in this loop now. We're just like, I I don't know why. I'm just I'm stuck in this perpetual cycle of just thinking everything Haley Williams does outside of Paramore is just whatever. But which doesn't make any sense because her Paramore uh, stuff is just okay. But her solo well, stuff not. is so I mean, good. Her solo stuff you, is you so You haven't good. listened to a lot of Paramore, but it's uh it's better than okay. It's not. It's okay. It's okay. Uh but no, that her new song I think is really good. It's very, very good. Uh and then the last the last new song here is comes from Weezer. This song uh, I need some of that. It's coming off their new record, Van Weezer, which was supposed to come out last April, so like a year ago. It was supposed to come out a year ago, actually. Uh, but it never did. So um, that comes out in June, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, no, this new song came out, and it was it was good. It was It's good Weezer. I like this kind of Weezer. So I'm stoked for it. All three songs I've heard from this record, I'm, I really like. So It's, um, it's, this is supposed to be like their metal record. This is, this is like their Van Halen tribute to, to that era of metal and, like it's 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 there and it's it sounds like they're doing that and then it also has iconic Weezer sounds to it. Mm-hmm. None of the songs have been like mind blowing to me, but yeah. I yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm just so maybe I just don't care anymore. You know, that's probably what know. it is. You're just like you're just so stuck in your old ways of Pinkerton I and guess. Blue that you just you can't even move on. Even even though I you can't. know that the greatness of everything will be it all right in the end you still oh, can't accept it it's not entirely accurate but that was like your third favorite it was not my third favorite it was your third favorite yeah it was that was not my third when my we when we ranked favorite. no when we ranked the records that was your third <laughs> and that even surprised me but no it was, it, that's a great record too perfect record um okay so yeah that's that's all we got for new music uh the last thing here to end it on a downer because that's what we do uh, Shock G, he uh, he passed away. I think he was like fifty-seven, so pretty pretty young. And um, I don't know much about Digital Underground. I'm not like a big hip hop guy, so I don't know. You you obviously know more, but you know the Humpty Dance, right? I know that song, but yeah, that's I mean that's that's like that's, their that hit. That was okay. I mean they they have another they have a couple other songs too that are really good, but Shock G was just he was. It was just something a little bit different, and, and in a time when like gangster rap was was getting a lot of traction, you know, late eighties, early nineties, he was still he was still goofing off in the eighties, and he had these alter egos, and they were really fucking stupid. And his alter mm-hmm. ego was just he put out a fucking big nose with like a like, like the with glasses, glasses with the big nose, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that was that was his alter ego, and he wrote a whole song about it, and it's. It's a killer song with a really rad bass line and funny lyrics. and But, like, he also believed in Pac. Pac was like a backup dancer for these guys. And, and he oh, thought so that Pac had, had something special. And, and there, was a, there was a song that he let Pac rap on, and that kind of, like, launched Tupac's career and helped him get more, like, notoriety. And like, he always, like, held Shock G or Greg in, like, high regard mm-hmm. because he really believed in him and helped him get to... Well, before he died, or supposedly, <laughs> really get yeah. like his career started. So it's I don't know. It's just it's just kind of cool to see like a group like Digital Underground, a guy like Shock G, who after this week will probably be forgotten as he was before this week happened. Yeah, unfortunately. But yeah. but it's just I don't know. It's, it's it's cool to see all these these musicians uh, intermingle before they were famous and believe in each other. I think that's really rad. And that's, that's what really stands out for me is like these guys, this guy saw something in Pac and I don't know, man, maybe if it wasn't for shock G, Tupac never would have been fuck dude. Gangster rap. Maybe never would have been, you <laughs> no, know what but I mean? Gangster, like, rap, gangster rap was a few years before Pac, Tupac came along. Yeah. But gangster rap wasn't gangster rap until it was the East coast versus West coast. Yeah. It wasn't until the that feud. was, yeah. that was like, I mean, it was the best and worst of times. That was that was the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happened to gangster rap, and the worst thing that ever happened to gangster rap. It's <sighs> crazy stuff, and I don't know. I I like to think that that Shock G is a little part in that. Got a little part. Yeah, in that. Was, he totally, he totally was. So, oh, dude, the lyrics are so fucking funny to that song too. It's so good. I don't even remember any of them. So lyrics. funny. All right. 
I'll take your word for it. But I don't want to go into um, them. <laughs> that's fine because we we got we got quite quite the episode ahead of us. So, um, you got anything else or, or what? No, that's it. That's it. That's that's it? Okay, so go to go to iTunes, go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at S Nine Radio. Uh, thank you all for listening. Go listen to the main episode because we're getting into uh, DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince and their record Rock the House. And we're also going to rank their record. So listen to it and um, let us know what you think. So that's it. That's all. Uh-huh. Get it, Kevin.